0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: This is Zach Brown, and you're listening to the Gold Bird Podcast. That's like a tongue twister right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: in is back. <laughs> We're not gonna have another uh, break in football action for what? Until hopefully till February, right? I mean, not well, hopefully,
1: definitely till February, John. I
0: love this. I love this. Uh, yes, preseason games don't mean much, but. Don't think we're not going to preview one, because that's what we're here to do. It's Go Birds, number 95. Unfortunately, that means it's the Joe Osman episode, and I'm
1: Aww. sorry, buddy. What a bummer, man. man. Way to start us off with a bummer. John Archer,
0: James Seltzer, and of course, Elliot Parks, who always seems to be near a phone or a Skype, as he is the beat writer we all need. 94wip.com slash Go Birds. What's happening, E?
3: It's a good practice today for the Eagles. I was surprised. They, uh, they got a lot more work in than I expected. So definitely one last... Uh, Hard session before Thursday, and I'm debating how much they're actually going to play their starters yep. against the Titans. I think it might not be at all. So am I, and I,
0: I'm with you on that. I don't think uh, you really see uh, any anybody kind of out there on the first one. So get ready for a lot of Nate Sudfeld. Get ready for. Uh, Clayton
1: Thorson time, look, baby. Yeah,
0: who apparently had the the catch of training or the throw of training camp uh, today. He's not, to not Nick Foles, John, one, the throw, not, not the catch. Not, he is not Nick Foles. But uh, we've got a lot to get into. And James has got to get to the dentist. So Yay we,
1: for me! <laughs>
0: we, I don't want to waste any more of your time. We've been uh, teasing this for what seems like two weeks. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need your help. And it's all about preseason. You will make an Eagles player so happy. Uh, we got approval from the Eagles to not only bring back the Nate Brown Award, which I thought was started by Jimmy Kemsky, but he said he didn't start it and it was somebody way before him. But regardless of that, the Eagles said, okay, you're good to go. We are physically going to give a trophy to the Eagles player that you determine is the best training camp slash preseason player uh, and it's, it's the Nate Brown Award.
1: The Nate Brown the Nate Award. The Nate Brown Award is back. Nate Brown. It, and
0: it's a, a physical award. I
1: just award. wanted Nate Brown back in my life one way or another. Yes. This is a beautiful way to do it.
0: Let me tell you guys something. That's not where it stops either, because guess what? We found Nate Brown, and he wants to be a part of this process too. So, Nate Brown, welcome to the Go Birds podcast, as you're going to have, and this is something we need to figure out, because I, I don't know if... I think Nate should have at least uh, like a, 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 a half more point for his vote, right? Because oh, yeah. we are naming it after him.
1: Oh yeah, I think Nate get does Nate, does gets two Nate get a vote?
0: I Nate absolutely gets a vote. At I think least he gets from my two votes in my yeah. per,
1: my opinion. I mean, should,
0: should his vote count as two votes? E. No, I think just one vote. Wow. Just one vote across okay. the board?
3: If Elliot says it, it, I it, mean, is, it is written. If he's going to follow, if he has to, otherwise he has to follow practice every day. We need only the real ones that are <laughs> dedicated to this voting.
1: Elliot, you're saying you don't think Nate Brown is patrolling your Twitter feed yeah. to get the play-by-play? <laughs> well, that's a good point. He's
3: definitely patrolling my my Twitter.
0: Good point. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're really excited about it. So here's the guidelines for the Nate Brown Award. If you're the first time you're hearing this ever is it's got to be somebody that's On the bubble trying to make the roster, and Nate Brown's story is pretty... Oh,
1: wait, so I can't pick Carson Wentz? You can't pick Carson Wentz. damn. Uh, Okay, good to know. If you
0: didn't know, Nate Brown (laughs) came in to the Eagles training camp in 1999, so it was like the first year of Donovan, and there was all these guys. He was a fourth-round pick, and... You know, didn't you didn't expect anything? It was, and there wasn't a lot of hype around him. Or and then all of a sudden, during training camp, during preseason games, he just took over the entire fan base. And in one voice, everybody goes, "Nate Brown has to make the team." And guess what? He did. And uh, his career lasted for three years with the Eagles. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like uh, Nate Brown has always like a, a been a great symbol of working hard, getting uh, you know your butt on the roster, and then continuing that process on the roster as well. So we're very happy that he's here. So uh the hashtag is Nay Brown Awards and N A, a yeah, N-A for Nay. Yeah, N A for Nay and at Go Birds Pod so out throughout every preseason game, this is what's gonna make you hang on to those third and fourth quarters because you have to let us know who deserves to be on this team. That's what the award, award is all about. And at the end of training camp we'll award that to uh, whoever you guys vote on. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'd like to congratulate past winners, even though we didn't have this award. Yes. I know Henry Josie, very honored to have won Absolutely. the Ney Award at one point. Paul Turner, the burner.
0: Paul Turner, the burner. Honored
1: to win the award at some point. So it's a beautiful award that, that we're going to give, and it means something.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's fake crystal. It's like three tiers. And Why'd it's, you tell people it was it's, fake? No one would have known, John. It's crystal. It's real. <laughs> and, and the same people that make the uh, you know collegiate trophies for all the bowl games and all the Ooh. national championships is the same. That's not true either. But it looks like it. And stop that's, telling people it's <laughs> not true. No one's going to know, John. So, uh, with that being said, we have three nominees right out of the gate that we would like to announce before this first preseason game that I think is is going to turn a couple of heads. So. Elliot Shore Parks, your first nominee for the Nate Brown Award is who?
3: All right. So I was down to two people. Obviously, Carlton Agadosi, being a six foot six wide receiver, is like prime Nate Brown territory. But I think that what the award is really all about is about guys that have surprised in training camp, have earned a spot, but are really going to have to have a lot go their way to get on it. Yes. I'm going with Greg Ward Jr. Oh, fantastic name. Absolutely. He's. Yes. He's had, I think, the best training camp of all the receivers in camp, other than maybe Deshaun Jackson. He has more catches than anybody. He has more targets than anybody, and he has more touchdowns than anybody. Uh, obviously, a third-year guy, been on the practice squad. Lots gonna have to go his way from to make the roster, but he is balled out in training camp, uh, and I think he he's earned he's earned my nomination.
0: First nominee off the gate. I know Merrill Reese will be very happy about that, Greg Ward. He I,
3: loves some Greg Ward. Uh, Jr. Uh,
0: also, apparently threw a sixty-yard pass today. Uh, because he's a former quarterback, and if he was four inches taller, we would be talking about him at that position, and then I still firmly believe that. Greg Ward's a great one. James Seltzer, your nominee for the Nate Brown Award.
1: It being the Nate Brown Award, I think it's appropriate that Elliott goes wide receiver. Absolutely. And I, too, am going with a wide receiver. Wow, The John Ritchie special, as no one loves this man more than John Ritchie, and that is why I trust John Ritchie's football acumen, Charles Johnson is my May Brown it. Award winner, and I think he's got a real shot to make the team. Uh, Charles Johnson, journeyman. Charles Johnson.
0: We have uh, we have certainly tossed his name around as like a guy that could be the sixth wide receiver if they getting go that first route. First team
1: reps, Elliot. In that right,
0: uh, <laughs> he is. He is getting <laughs> first team reps in right the red there. zone too. It's my guy. All right, so we... I'm,
1: I'm stealing Richie's guy, I'm making him my guy now.
0: <laughs> um, we have uh, Greg Ward. We have uh, the wonderful and the beautiful Charles Johnson. You know exactly who I'm nominating. This has been my guy since day two of training camp. We've interviewed him already on the pod. Uh, Ross Tucker, who is coming up shortly, your new play-by-play guy for the preseason, We discussed him even there, mainly because I forced it on Ross in the conversation. But that's besides the point. The flowing hair, the non-model like of Brian Brayman, the guy that's going to bring his lunch pail every time. And now, with Camo Grugia Hill going down, actually has a legitimate shot to make this roster. It's the hair flowing, the beautiful, number 49 in your program's. Alex Singleton. How about uh, it? the linebacker from Montana State that has been through different practice squads has come down here from the CFL. I think he he is going to turn the most heads and uh, I've just decided this right now that uh, Carlton Agadosi, you're in as well Whoa! because all three of us have mentioned that name. It's a six-six wide receiver who catches literally everything in training camp. If that is and the infamous red zone target, if you remember that from the you know two thousands to like two thousand and eight, I think that's all we talked about at training camp was who's the wide receiver that's finally going to be Plaxico Burris. Well. Carlton, uh, well, uh, minus the the whole shooting himself in the leg. I would Carlton's hope so. a good guy. Yeah, so I, would uh, hope so. <laughs> I I think those are a solid four to go into. Uh, you can vote on those right now and hashtag Nay Brown Award with their names at GoBirdsPod. Pod, and we'll have uh, you know something up. We'll we'll be doing videos, we'll be doing uh, you know polls and things like that thrown out. But if there's somebody we didn't name after this first preseason game. You got to get it out to us, and we'll uh, we'll tally up and have a, a wonderful Van vote. I'm so happy that this is back. I can't believe that we found Nate Brown. This it's is so awesome. cool, so so cool. So he'll be on uh, after the uh, first preseason game, and we'll kind of just see where his his brain is at. Uh, and I'd love to hear a story. Don't you want to hear like <laughs> the relationship between like him and Donovan is as, as it was growing up and what it was like to go through there? So I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, but uh, that being said, there is business to uh, to take care of here. Uh, Elliot, tell us about the last couple of days of uh, of training camp here. As we are we are dead set on seeing a lot of these guys that we just mentioned for preseason game number one. What was you know from open practice to the last couple of days? What's been the most noticeable thing so far?
3: Well, let me first just say that the open practice was awesome. Like forty thousand people under the lights. I think it was the best open practice Eagles have ever had since Chip brought it from uh, Lehigh. So very well done by the team. And I do think doing it once a uh, training camp, it was the right move, right? You know, over $400,000 for autism research. It was just an awesome time. So I'll definitely give the Eagles props on that. Um, From on the field perspective, Carson Wentz had, I think his best practice of training camp that night. He had six touchdowns, no interceptions Um, connected with Deshaun twice was really good in the red zone, just very sharp. So all the fans that, uh, I've been reading my tweets, but then got to see him in person, got to tell me I was dead wrong. So it was a perfect time for him (laughs) to really show up. i sure they enjoyed that
1: too. It's fun to tell you're dead wrong.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, So today at practice, Carson was not as sharp. He did connect uh, with Deshaun for a 60-yard touchdown. like, when Deshaun gets open in these practices, he's, like, wide open. Like, he smoked Rasul. I think he probably had him by two or three yards. Man. He's been doing the same thing to Avante Maddox. Carson hit him. I, I think they, it was about a 60-yard touchdown. So, perfect throw from Carson. Can I just
0: uh, say Carson real quick did- that, like, James, I'm sure you're in agreement with this. If the first play against Washington isn't 12 personnel, max protect, play action pass, 60 yards to Deshaun, I'm calling for Doug's job. Like, it has I'm to not, happen.
1: I, don't, I I will not agree with that. I'm going too far, but I would love to see that.
0: Like it, it is a necessary thing that my body needs. I don't care if the damn thing gets intercepted, incomplete, overthrown, underthrown, or runs in for a touchdown. That has to be the first play. Sorry, Elliot. Continue.
3: Well, so let me, let me ask you guys this question. I don't have a strong opinion on it one way or the other, so I want to see what you guys think. Okay. So, in 2017, obviously before Carson had the best year of his career, I had him down as five five interceptions in training camp and 330 attempts. So did an amazing job, right? Five interceptions, that's that's not a lot. Now, so far in camp, in 140 passes, I have him down with already five interceptions. Do Season's you guys think, over! <laughs> well, yes, kidding, that I'm was kidding. what I'm asking. Uh, like, <laughs> seems like he's turning it over quite a bit. I don't know, is that something that concerns you guys? Yes, no? Am I looking too much into it? No. It just does okay.
1: it does. Look, I think of one thing we could say about Wentz throughout his career so far is he doesn't really throw a ton of interceptions. It's it's not something that is part of his game. Yeah. And granted, you know, there have been dropped interceptions and he needs to not fumble the ball as much. That actually is something that has been an issue for him. But I think he's shown that for the most part, he's not a quarterback who is prone to throwing a lot of interceptions, getting his feet wet, getting back into, you know, actually playing with people, team drills. I'm not too worried about it.
0: Yeah, I uh, I would say that if it continues and it's like clearly during 11 on 11s and like you know the secondary is and and the, they even said like I think Avante Maddox or a couple of people came on uh the last couple of days and said like you know the defense has been really strong the past couple of days. So I factor that in two if it's happening in in the last week of training camp at a high rate. I'd be a little concerned about it, but even so, like I need, to, I need to see games. And no matter how much it is concerning to you, Elliot, no one is going to ever agree that there's a problem with Carson Wentz in training camp.
3: Right. Well, just to be clear, it's not concerning to me yet. I was just looking back at 2017 stats today and it would just caught my eye that he threw 31 touchdowns to five interceptions that year in training camp. And then I noticed he's already up to five now. So, I mean, he he has had some ugly interceptions. Overall, he's been pretty good, but just the interceptions are one thing that's plagued him a little bit in practice.
0: I think the one thing that I will, yeah, because like I said, week three, that's going to be when the Ravens, and the Eagles come together, and if he's not yeah. sharp there, then I'll then I'll have some questions about it. But until then, I think it's you know uh, pretty uh, pretty standard uh, training camp stuff here as we go along. Uh, James does have to get to the dentist, uh,
1: but why I, do you keep reminding me? Can I just stay here and not go to the dentist? I, 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 I want much prefer this. I
0: want to know real quickly. Like, is there is there absolutely something you want to see in game one?
1: Like, I want to see Carson Wentz not play. And I know that, that se- it seems like a lot of people want him to play and get in the swing of things. I don't need him to play other than games two and game three and not even a ton in game two. I think preseason action is overrated for guys who are starting players. Obviously, you need to see guys to make the team and to win our Nate Brown award and all that stuff. Yes, But I- I'm not worried at all if he doesn't. I-, I-, I think they should hold him out in game one. I don't need any extra worry with Carson Wentz. Other than that, you know, it's it's the Nate Brown Award. It's those type of guys. I'm looking for I feel really good about this team, the starting roster, the depth. There's a lot of talent on this roster that I think is going to be fine, and the preseason's not going to change my opinion on that
3: one way or the other. I'm looking for the Nate Brown Award winners. That's what I'm looking so for. So, to, to piggyback off of James, I wouldn't pay I don't think I'd play Carson Wentz almost at all in the preseason. Ooh. I mean, like, the Ravens are coming here for uh, to Philadelphia for training camp practice where he'll get a ton of really good work against another team. I understand that the speed of practice and the speed of preseason are different. If you want to throw him out there for maybe one series in the third game, fine. But I just ultimately think, like, I don't think it's going to help him that much to play a very little bit over four games. And I'd rather have Nate Sudfeld get all those snaps. And I think that when you talk to, like, people in Eagles and you kind of look around the NFL, more teams are leaning into just not really playing their big guys in the preseason because it's just not worth it. Um, and you can maybe argue even the Washington Redskins are a preseason opponent week one. So, like, <laughs> hmm, I I would be okay if he didn't play at all. Uh, yeah, I think,
0: uh, well, I'll touch more on that for sure. Uh, but uh, let's wave goodbye to James. We love you. Uh,
3: love you, guys. Elliot
0: and I will be live from the link afterwards. So, But James will have a lot to say. Um, I we haven't even figured that out yet. So I don't He'll know what next but, Wait, Can
3: but, I ask, can I ask James a question for him to think whoa. about why is at the dentist? Oh, yes, oh, I like that. I've got, I guess right. something there that's not. All okay, right. So Dennis. I don't want an answer from either of you guys right now. Okay. I just want you to think about this and we'll talk about it. Maybe on our season preview pod. Okay. So everybody's very high on the Eagles. ESPN had them, I think with the number two best roster in the NFL. We all seem to agree. They're going to win double digit games, maybe even 12 or 13. But last year, each week we would say to ourselves, they'd lose a game, and then each week like we'd slowly talk ourselves into the Eagles being good, and then Sunday would come, and they just weren't good. And really throughout the whole season, up until that last little run at the end, we kept thinking this team was so talented and so good, and then when they would play, they weren't that good. So just something I want you and the listeners to think about, and I'm thinking about it too. Maybe is this team, are we overrating them slightly? Like, Do they still have more to prove than we think they do before we just pencil them in as like, a twelve or thirteen win team that's definitely going to win the division. Like maybe last year was a little more of an indication of what this franchise is than we want to admit. Wow. So just think. About it. I'm I,
1: thinking. I don't really need to think much, but I'm going to save it and
0: I'll think. Yeah, about I it. think that's a that's a fantastic time to uh to kind of re, re yeah, yeah right right before the first week. We'll 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 everybody will kind of re-answer that question. Right, I love a good you, time. fuckers. I love you too. Uh, you know who else we love? It's the one and the only Mister Ross Tucker who is joining us because. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's going to be his first time doing play-by-play, not with Scott Graham, but for the Philadelphia Eagles. So happy that he is uh, replacing uh, Mike Mayock as he goes to, uh, you know, the the wonderful uh, Las Vegas to go be the GM for the Raiders, and uh, the Eagles got a good one, y'all. He's brought to you by Cinch. Cinch.com, C-Y-N-C-H.com. Use the promo code GOABIRDS right now because... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, used so many delivery services throughout my time. And uh, although, you know, whatever, propane tanks are, can be a pain in the butt uh, traveling back and forth all the time. You don't have to worry about it anymore because Cinch delivers it to your door. So if you use the promo code GOBIRDS right now, you can get your propane delivered to you for just $10 on your first tank it is just that easy cynch.com now in most parts of south jersey and wherever you are listening to this uh there's plenty of grilling to do and cinch makes it easy here is the one and the only mr ross tucker and joining us once again is the bold beautiful and uh not uh or actually i should say a lot more slender than the program that they are handing out at eagles training camp it is the one and the only mr ross tucker ross what's going on man how are you
2: John, I am fantastic. Fired up for Thursday night, fired up for this season. And yeah, man, ready to get this thing going. So,
0: are you nervous right now? Like, this is the, the first time that you're going to be in the booth with Scott Graham, and uh, all our ears and eyes are going to be on you. How are you feeling as we're uh, just a couple of days out here?
2: You know, not really. I mean, like anything in life, whether it's like a speaking engagement or, you know, going on TV, there's always like a little bit of butterflies about 10 seconds before you're about to go on and then but then once that red light goes on it's kind of over it's almost like when i was playing you know i'd always be nervous before the game like I, I remember distinctly john at times You know you watch these guys in the nfl and they're all good and i I sit there be thinking and there's always something bothering you physically and i'd be like gosh i I hate this like all the pressure all the stress like this guy is so good i just can't wait till the game's over and then i go out there and the first play i'd hit the dude and i'd be like all right i got this this is awesome i'm gonna kill this dude so it's funny how quickly that can change so no, right now I'm just excited, uh, fired up, ready to go. I've been in a booth with Scott Graham before for Westwood One Radio, so I know how that goes. I've done a bunch of national television games, uh, but yeah, I think. What's oh, cool wait, wait,
0: wait. So does that mean you're going to tackle Scott Graham and then you're you're going to be ready to go? <laughs> or?
2: No, I, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to break him. Uh, I don't think Scott can handle that. But um, no, what's cool about this though is, and I think I've told this before. You know, I've done some national stuff. I did some Fox NFL games and NBC, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, there'll be more people that I know actually watching this than that because everybody from where I live, where I'm from, they're all Eagles fans. They're all fired up to watch it. So, no, I'm just excited about it. I'm excited for the opportunity. And it's good timing, man. I mean, this is about as beautiful of a roster as the Eagles have had, at least that we believe, going into a season in quite some time. So good timing for, for Mayock to take that GM gig, I guess. <laughs> it couldn't,
0: couldn't have been more perfect. In fact, And I guess it's what I kind of want to lead into now. Is there something that you are dying to see on the first preseason game, as you're kind of calling it from the booth here?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think everyone's sort of curious about the first two running backs. Who I expect to be Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. I would even put Corey, Corey Clement in that mix when he's healthy and they, you know, depending on how much playing time they give him. But just curious to see how those guys look in an actual game situation. I think along the offensive line, you know, certainly Big V, Andre Dillard, Matt Pryor, and my guy, Jordan Milata. I, I can't wait to see how all those guys look. And they should probably get a bunch of reps. I don't expect to see the starters very much, if at all, you know, in the opening game at least. I, I don't know. I haven't been down there for the production meeting yet uh, to actually know, you know, how much these guys are going to play. But really looking forward to watching Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas. They've had such good camps, such a good lesson there. Where if you have talent. You want to stick with it, give those guys a chance to flourish. And here in year three, it feels like they really have a chance to. And then, you know, the number four jobs for D-end, D-tackle, very intriguing to me. You know, more than any other position, John, those guys are going to play. I mean, the the fourth D-end, fourth D-tackle, those guys are going to play. They're important, especially if there's an injury. And then I think the linebackers as well, just with – you know, Nigel being out and J Hill um, getting banged up. Let's see what Zach Brown and Nathan Gary and these guys can do. Uh,
0: circle number 49 in your program right now is what I want to tell you. Alex Singleton is uh, is my guy, the guy from uh, CF the CFL who I came remember, down.
2: No, the, fir- the first day at <laughs> camp I went to, John, he was hitting everything that moved. I love that dude. You know, he's a Montana State guy that played in the CFL. Let me just tell you, if you're from Montana State – and you played in the CFL and you get an NFL training camp, you are hitting anything that moves in the other <laughs> color because you're doing everything you can to try to stay. I'm with you. Right? So even I know you've been to every day of camp. He's flashed even the days when I haven't been there. Huh?
0: Oh, oh, yeah. He was, I noticed them like the first the first day of camp. I go, man, like they don't really have pads on. And this guy is cracking everybody he can on special teams. That was my first look. The second look was the hair flow is very nice. And, and anytime that you're trying to make a team where you're a linebacker hairflow flow ha- is very important to me he's got that going on so i think he's <laughs> he's going to be part of our of our ne Brown uh, uh, awards you know uh, nomine- nominations as we kind of go along here i'm I'm very excited I'm just glad that there's football back ross we couldn't be happier for you that you're in the booth there and uh uh yeah we're we're really looking forward to uh the uh the color commentary as the preseason goes on man we hope to see you down at camp too.
2: Yep, I can't wait. I'll be there certainly a few more times, looking forward to it. And you're right, Singleton does have kind of that uh, that Brian Brayman flow mm-hmm. or Brian Brayman look to him, doesn't he? Very much so. I would say Brayman's more the model type,
0: which is fine, uh, and Singleton's like the lunch pail guy. So this is this is going to be a, a fun uh, fun first game for, for all the reasons that you said, and uh, we wish uh, you and Scott nothing but the best throughout the preseason, man. Thanks for joining us.
2: John, anytime you know that. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tweeting at me. And yeah, man, let's get this thing going.
0: So Elliot, um, you know, obviously he mentions Razul and Sydney and just kind of going on the theme of starters and do we really need to see them? Um, how much do you in the first preseason game, do you honestly think that Razul and Sydney and Avante Maddox are are gonna get work here? Because we it's yeah. so funny how we talked about depth on this team and you're one guy away from not having it or one guy back from, you know, from having it or the the talent evaluation is, is skyrocketing with Cravon going down with, you know, Joe Osman going down, which and, and Kamu has uh, no timetable as of yet. Um, a lot of guys have been dinged up already in the first 11 days of camp. How much is are the starters going to play in, in general, do you think?
3: So Doug and Carson were asked about that uh, today on Tuesday, and they said they didn't know yet. They're still going to talk about it. But the way these coaches have talked about the preseason, I don't really think they value it as much when it comes to the starters. I do think they like to see the backups, and they like to see kind of fringe bubble guys. But I don't think they think that their team gets considerably better work against another team than they do simply at practice at the Novacare. So I don't know if you'll see the starters a ton. I think then, that being said, you could go through individual guys and say, well, he might need to play. Like Sidney Jones, I know he's had injury concerns, but Sidney Jones, I think, needs reps out there. I think Sidney... You know, never really has played consistently so far throughout his career. I think he would maybe value from it. Um, Now, because of the injuries in the secondary, I could see why they'd be hesitant to risk Rasul, Sidney, and Avante. Like, I I get that. And it's not like there's a lot of backups at corner. You really want to see they're actually going to make the roster. Um, But I, I would be a little... I would be a little hesitant of just kind of sitting Sydney until the regular season. And Rasul.
0: Yeah, same with me too. Uh, maybe um, you know, maybe they can play like half of a quarter, even just to kind of come out and test things out, see where they're at. I'm really interested to see where Cyprian and Skandrick kind of fit against you know probably twos and threes. I would assume that they get the most reps um, of of anybody in the secondary right now. And overall, I mean, we, we, I've seen Skandrick, uh, uh, uh quite a bit since he's came. Um, it seems to be positive reviews for Cyprian. How are they using him right now, by the way?
3: Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, Skandrick really quick had a really nice pass breakup of uh, a Nate Sudfeld pass today in practice. So he's continued to look pretty good. Uh, Cyprian's moving up the depth chart. He's gotten mostly second-team snaps. Uh, got I think he's been in there with the first team for a few. Um, he had a really nice play into open practice where – I think it was Josh Adams caught the ball. He ran up and just stripped it out of his hands. So they haven't really shown a ton with him. He's kind of been a traditional type safety, but I do think the one way they could end up using him is in kind of like a big nickel type package where, it's, you know, obviously with Camus down and some questions at linebacker, maybe you do go with five, six defensive backs and have Cyprian Beer in the box up against the line type safety. So that could definitely be an option there. Uh, the only worry, and I, we kind of we talked about this last pod. But if you go with so many DBs, teams might just run it right up the gut at yeah. you. So I'd be concerned about that. Um, but I do think you'll see Cyprian kind of move all over and, and be close to the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, it should be uh, should be pretty interesting. And just uh, I realized I didn't chime in on the, on the whole Carson thing either, but I don't want to see him the entire preseason. I don't, yeah, don't need. Yeah, I would to. be
3: okay without that
0: it. It's. I mean, if you wanted to go, um, you know, in the in the third or preseason game against Baltimore, even though just like you said, they're going to be practicing against it anyway. It's not like they're going to have, you know, uh, live situations. What do ten reps do, or what does a drive do, um, you right. know, for your entire season? It's the same theory. At the end of the year, if you want to have a bye week or not, or keep the momentum going, or whatever it is, I don't really think it affects either thing. Uh, coming out you're gonna have rust no matter what starting you're gonna have rust no matter what if you've had a bye week heading into the playoffs that's just what happens we've seen that time and time again just in regular seasons is that really uh, you know worth risking an injury no and if he gets injured in a regular season game does it make you feel any better no it doesn't but uh, I think Carson is gonna have enough preparation enough time and certainly it feels like him and Deshaun are already in kind of a, a decent groove uh, already, and they keep working on timing and things like that, as you know, Elliot has pointed out. So, um, yeah, I I think it's it's very uh, heavy. Nate Sudfeld, I and and let me. This is kind of a an interesting thing, not for the roster purposes, but kind of just to see where the the Eagles' head is at here. Um, as I've mentioned before, I don't think Thorson makes it through waivers. I think there's too many teams that would like to try and develop him, uh, and I don't see where kessler fits but it should be a uh, a pretty interesting uh battle there even though it's it's not it's not going to be you know any any type of impact
3: on the roster but uh well well the tough thing too is with sudfeld like so i think sudfeld needs reps i would play him as much as you can in the yep. preseason see and see how he looks the tough thing though is like so let's say you get into the second preseason game and you're like you know what like sudfeld just the coaches aren't confident in him. he doesn't look good like, what do you do? Do you do you trade for a guy and try to teach him the offense quickly? I mean it's tougher to bring in a quarterback than it is another position just because you obviously the quarterback will at this point basically had no reps in training camp. he will yep. not spend the whole off learning. like I don't think Cody Kessler is very good. So I think the Eagles with Nate Sudfeld are almost reaching the point where you just kind of kind of ride with them. Obviously, they're hoping he looks good in in the games, and I think I think he will. He's always played well in preseason, but uh, the quarterback thing, if Sudfield ends up not being the answer, does get trickier. I mean, it's harder to bring in a a quarterback than it is any other position on the roster. Uh,
0: the one thing that I did love uh, absolutely uh, the most that came out of today was you're going to see Andre Dillard a lot in this game. Um that's where my focus is gonna be primarily and the fact that Big V is primarily going to or is is not even going to move uh, from guard, I think is a is a, a very important thing that we've seen since OTA, and uh, I love that, and I think that's gonna be the biggest talking point, good or bad, whatever happens to Andre Dillard in this first game. Uh, but I gotta tell you guys, that's that at least for me, he's been incredibly impressive, and because there hasn't been a ton of Live thud tackling going on, like no one really can can see that, and and it really like that all that stuff gets talked about during games anyway. So I think Andre Dillard is is uh, hopefully makes a statement in uh, in game one here. Um, uh, well, I
3: think I I mean the other thing we're talking about just things to watch for. I think the most important thing that we'll watch on Thursday night is the defensive ends. Like, I need to see Josh Sweat look like an impact player. I need to see Vinny Curry, if he's out there, I want to see him play. I really want to see what Sharif Miller can do, right? I mean, he's at a very quiet training camp. I'd like to see him get a lot of reps. Deshaun Hall. I mean, the Eagles are really counting on these backup defensive ends to To be able to play, I mean, Barnett's not even practicing yet, like with the team. So, I I think the Josh Sweat, Vinnie Curry, uh, Sharif Miller, that type of trio, they need to really play well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, they do, especially with Sharif, who again, he could be part of that Nate Brown uh, discussion as well. Like, all of a sudden, he just comes out of nowhere after you know we haven't really seen much of anything. Uh, from training camp but there is plenty of questions in the go birds uh, mail take bag and you can always find us at go birds pod on the twitter.com and of course the five star reviews are also an excellent way to get your points across questions across and we will always answer them at least once a week and we need to we probably need to ramp that up we need to somehow combine uh both of those together which we should do moving forward in fact we just did and we'll start doing that on on the next episode so we start with our good friend at three point attempt did ben simmons make a three who is the nicest player to the media? What player is nicest to the media? My The first thing I thought – Brandon Graham is is like the the town mayor in there to me. I think he's yeah, the I mean, nicest the one to everybody. Yeah, I that's a definite easy
3: – yeah, that is – without question, he is the nicest player. I mean, the Eagles have a locker room full of nice guys, they but do. Brandon Graham is, is extremely nice and extremely friendly. Um, the other one I would say would be Malcolm Jenkins. Absolutely. Malcolm talks about anything. He is willing to answer tough questions. He's always available. So I would say those would be the two guys.
0: And coming in third place so far, and even though he's brand new, like, Zach Brown is so nice. He's so funny, mm. and he just, like, he's, he invites everybody to come in. And, uh, well, who knows? Maybe that might change throughout the season, but my first impressions are he's he's definitely one of the nice guys uh, as well. And here's the most important part. You just kind of touched on it. This is coming from our good friend, uh, E-Roll K-35. The Eagles have to call Chris Long now, right? The only sure thing that they have at uh, defensive end is Graham. Barnett's coming off a season-ending injury. We don't know what Sweat is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We all know that. Um, they absolutely have to call Chris Long now. And, and my reasoning is Joe Osman was the guy that was brought up many times on why they were you know, so okay. And Sweat and, and Barnett, it's the mixture of everybody. It just wasn't one guy in particular. But now, I, I, I think that there it sh- it should be a no-brainer to go call Chris Long. You've heard Brandon Graham speak that he would definitely want to come back. That door is not closed, even though he's lost 20 pounds and we all know that story moving forward. Uh, he's been on this since since the jump. Like the You have to bring in Chris Long. I'm 100% on board with that now. I don't think there's much that's going to change my mind and again, you're still trying to go in and compete for a Super Bowl and he is very productive in in helping you do that. So what do you, what do you think it's going to take for the Eagles to call Chris long and, and see if he can come back?
3: So I'll answer this from, from two ways. First is my own, my own opinion. Obviously the Eagles roster is better with Chris long on it. If he's willing to come in, I mean, pay him what he wants. If he wants to come in and be a backup, that would be amazing. But here's why I don't think it's very likely unless Barnett or Graham get hurt because Chris long played the majority of his snaps on third down at defensive end when they moved Graham on the inside, right? And then when Barnett went down, there was even more snaps available. That's not going to happen this year because Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson are going to rush the passer on third down. So now you're talking about Chris Long coming in, not rushing the passer on third down, and basically just getting – Backup snaps on first and second down and occasionally third down when maybe, you know, Graham or Barnett are tired. So I don't think the Joe Osman injury, yeah, it makes me want Chris Long on the roster more, absolutely. But I don't think it impacts things. I don't think Chris Long is coming back here unless he just gets so bored that he's willing to just kind of once be part of the locker room and wants to play, you know, eight snaps a game. But until something else happens, I don't think he's coming back.
0: Here's the other thing I'll say too. Uh, unrelated to Chris Long and I, I tend to agree with elliot in terms of the logic even though <laughs> i just think they need to find a way to to make it work um i'm osman worked his butt off you could definitely tell like the muscle mass was there he was a tiny bit quicker but if i'm going to be honest like he was the most overhyped thing in training camp hands down and and kicking him while he's down and down. and it's and it's not even you know it's i i hope he recovers uh, and and has the same steps because he will be vitally important for this team moving forward if he can you know jump on and make the roster. I think people jumped on him so quickly because they saw that improvement from you know the the previous year. But again, he's going up against uh and more and more importantly like Jordan my a lot a, a lot who is not having a good camp at all and a lot of his reps were right. against twos and threes and you see the athleticism and he definitely has always had that i i didn't i wasn't buying into a lot of that stuff so before the injury i have been i've been thinking about chris long a lot and i just go man they're they're going to need him at some point and uh and this just goes to show you like how important sweat and barnett are i see and this and the the thing for me is I don't have any reservations about Derek Barnett. I don't think that he's going to suddenly just be bad, you know, because he was really productive in these first two years. The injury was not good, and you know we'll have to see where he, where he's at. And sure, there's a lot of questions. Uh, I'm a lot of questions about Josh Sweat, even though I love him dearly. Um, and so there's just a lot of things that are hanging up in the air. I, it, push comes to shove, I think the Eagles make a deal for a a mid tier. Defensive end pass rusher, somewhere around there. Do you believe that, E?
3: Well, I mean, we'll start to find out on Thursday. I really think how Josh Wett plays in the preseason will have a big impact on this. He needs to show, because again, he'll be playing against mostly backups, so he needs to look really good. Um, And I think that if the Eagles were to trade, For a position it would be for a defensive end because it's a position that, A, Howie really values, so he'd be willing to give up an asset, and B, it's a position in need. So I do think that is the position that you'll see them potentially make a move at. I agree with you on Barnett. Like, Barnett played very well his rookie year, and even last season in limited games played, you know, played okay, And some would make the argument really well. And, you know, I think the statistics kind of back that up. I just know when I watched him, I didn't think he looked like a stellar breakout defensive end. But he's just still not a known known, uh, commodity. That's my overall concern is that you can have confidence in him. But at this point, the confidence is basically just hope it's not a proven track record. So if I'm the Eagles, I would be interested in making a a deal for a defensive end, but I think the training, uh, the preseason games are going to have a lot to do with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that too. Uh, what is, this is coming from Emerson at 18 underscore EMJS Elliot, What is the biggest misconceptions fans have about training
3: camp? Hmm. It's a good one. Uh, I think the biggest misconception is that the days that they hit, that they hit. I don't really think they really ever hit. I mean, basically, the hitting is kind of just for the offensive and defensive linemen to get a little more physical. There's barely ever any tackling, especially not in the secondary. Like, I don't think Alshon Aguilar or Deshaun have been hit at all in training camp. Obviously, the quarterbacks haven't. Ertz and Goddard really haven't. So I think the biggest mis- misconception is that there are days where they hit. They just don't really do it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Unless, like we said, it's uh, Wendell Smallwood because for some reason everybody Red likes. It, the that's all they game. hit. <laughs> uh, uh, this is from uh, Joey Boma. Uh, how many? And now that you've like completely flipped the script on Miles Sanders, I'm really curious to hear this answer. What week is he going to be the starting running back?
3: So, all right, let me ask you this first. How do you define starter? Like literally listed as a starter or getting the most touches? First
0: guy up. Oh, getting most touches. I will. Yeah, let's go getting most touches.
3: Week one. Wow. I think he's going to have the most total touches among, among, uh, among the running backs in week 1. I mean, he's he, like he's getting basically splitting time with Jordan Howard right now in practice. He is uh getting more touches. I think he had more touches today than Jordan Howard did. Um they're throwing it to him more, they're starting to give it to him more on the ground with the first team offense. So I think by the time we get to week 1 and the Eagles they're probably going to blow him out. The Eagles big win over the Redskins is done. I think Miles Sanders will lead the team in touches that game.
0: Ah, interesting. I I and that's a you know it's funny too as we haven't even talked about him but um I think he plays a decent amount on Thursday, don't you? Like, you know, a, yeah. a quarter's
3: worth of game time? Well, and Doug said today that uh one thing he wants to see from Miles Sanders and this could certainly impact my prediction, he'll lead the team in touches week one. But they, they need to see him hold on to the ball, like get tackled, not fumble, because that was a problem for him at Penn State. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he had trouble holding on to the ball. So that's one thing he does need to show in preseason.
0: Yeah, and that is um, something that I'm you know, it, continuing on to, to feel excited about between Miles and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside uh, and Andre Dillard. Like I think the three of those guys is what we're going to be talking about the most and feeling Gooey and overreacting to all that because you everybody's going to see JJ catch a bunch of balls, <laughs> hopefully, right. and uh, you know, and in Miles if he has another jump cut like he did at open practice, or if he catches a nice wheel route, and if uh, Dillard you know pancakes somebody that's going to be back in groceries the next over the next couple of weeks, like we'll all be really, really excited about it, and uh, I'll double down. I think they nailed the first three picks. Uh, they they all look like they belong. Hope I'm right on that. Um, and it's just going to be a, a really nice time to kind of welcome football back in uh, against the Titans. Shout out to Teron Davenport, who I'm sure, hopefully, yeah, we'll see him in the press box. Right, he's traveling. ESPN pays his pays his bills. Yeah, I would think so. So uh, I would think so. Maybe we'll get his impressions on uh, on uh, you know on the Eagles side of the ball because you know, we miss him and we miss his bow ties and things like that. Uh, so it's another thing I'm excited for. Just a couple of quick takes in here. <laughs> Michael Clay has uh, falls over Wentz was the right choice. But Howie Roseman is a coward. That's uh, mm. I'm, I'm sure that's there's there's not uh, you're not alone in that. But actually, I think Michael, you're the coward in this. So I'll just leave that there. Um, uh, Shitstoke <laughs> says if the young corners step up, uh, or oh, sorry, if young corners step up, Fletcher Cox for the first time since Jim Shorts got there will get some covered sacks, leading to a career year for him and Brandon Graham. What do you think about that?
3: So, I was reading the Football Outsiders uh, season preview, and they had a tidbit I thought was very interesting. And this is a subjective stat, but the Eagles were the only team last year they tracked without a coverage sack. Interesting. Pretty wild when you think about it. Now, again, it's. Incredibly wild. Yeah, I mean, now it's subjective, right? But they're the only one that they tracked without it. So, I do think. Obviously, it's only one way to go, and that's up, right? So, so, um, yeah. If they if they get if they get more coverage sacks, yeah, it clearly helps it, and they're gonna need it because we just talked about the defensive end position. So the pressure is on the secondary this year,
0: and we're talking about like in 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 football time, it seems like you know minutes and minutes and minutes, but we're really talking about another extra half a second of coverage. You know, and right. I feel like we've been saying that every offseason. If they can just give them an extra half a second, uh, the sacks will increase. You know, across the board. Um, and uh, and every D lineman is going to look you know fantastic if uh, if these guys kind of play up to where we're expecting them to. Um, I will uh, I, I will say this. Uh, let's uh, let's have some fun on Thursday. Like we said, uh, me and Elliot will be in the press box. We'll probably do a post game directly from there and have as many takes as possible out to you as fast as possible. Um, and the the final take at least I have is Joe Osman now joins Jacory Shepard. Stuart Bradley and uh, a handful of others who like names I couldn't f- remember or come up with that have gotten injured at open
3: practice so not saying yeah it's been a rough a rough run for the open practices <laughs> yeah, it's just not
0: uh hasn't hasn't been great for the sting of injuries hopefully that is something that they can avoid uh, moving forward Elliot, any any final takes before we actually see some football on Thursday
3: No, I'm just excited to be back. Oh, well, here's a bit of a take. The the best soft pretzels in the city are in the Lincoln Financial Field press box. That
0: is 100% true.
3: It's 100% true. I just had them at the open practice. I'm excited to have one on Thursday. Obviously still committed to making sure I don't become a fat ass again during the season. (laughs) But...
0: I'm excited for the soft pretzels. Uh, me too. Uh, excited for soft pretzels. Excited that football is in the air and glad that you are, uh, your guys are with us like every step of the way. Cause this is, this is the beautiful part about the podcast is when the season starts, we all kind of come together and then we argue and then we have fun and, all gets into a, a wonderful mixed bag. The season is here. The Nate Brown Award is here. I can't believe that Nate Brown is with us, and we're actually going to give a physical trophy out to an Eagles player. This is fucking amazing. Uh, I uh, will uh, see you guys, along with Elliot, post game right here on the Go Birds Pod on radio.com and sports radio. 94 W I P E A G L E S Eagles! Go Birds!